Hi everyone, I'm your host, Brother George, and welcome back to Bible Made Easy. In the last two episodes, I gave you some logical reasons why you should believe in God, especially as He is described in the Bible. But I realize that the decision to believe in God is not only a matter of mentally accepting that it makes scientific and factual sense that God exists. With many people, the thought process goes a lot deeper than merely an intellectual acceptance of logic and facts. A lot of people have philosophical or emotional roadblocks to belief that cloud their thinking and because of these they conclude that there can't be a God or that if there is, he must be bad. So they don't even want to explore the idea or don't care. So in the next two episodes, I'm going to explore some of these roadblocks and how to get around them. In part two, I'll also be sharing some of the benefits of belief in God. So hopefully these episodes will smooth the way to acceptance for some people. Let's start with the philosophical and emotional roadblocks. There are quite a few of them, so I'll give them in numbered order. 1. Probably the most common non-scientific objection to belief in God is the existence of evil and suffering. It's a big subject, and I hope to cover it in depth in a later episode, but here I'll touch on it as much as I can. It's also a really tough one to address, because if you or one of your loved ones is suffering right now, or has been on the receiving end of evil, then this gets really personal for you. And I can understand. My own experiences of being kept alive by a kidney dialysis machine and having kidney failure at a pretty young age, and my own first wife's sudden death also at a very young age, which left me alone with our five children, put me face to face with the kind of deep personal anguish and devastation that could easily make anyone doubt the existence of God, even a person who until then had very strong faith. So, rather than sitting behind a microphone and giving you philosophical and logical advice, I'd much rather sit with you and comfort you and be there for you in whatever way you need me. I know how it feels to need that. But I can't do that, so hopefully what I share with you here will be a help to you. The first thing I will say is that it doesn't actually help us to cut God out of the picture when faced with evil and suffering. Evil is going to exist whether there is a God or not. That won't change. If there is no God, then the existence of evil and suffering are completely natural and just the way things are. We might not like that fact, but we would have no real reason to complain or blame anyone because there would be no one to blame. And in that case, if you got unlucky in life, like me, and got hit with suffering, in the end, the only thing we can conclude is that it's just tough luck. You're just going to have to accept that random fate was against you and bear with it. This line of thinking can lead to ongoing heartache that never ends. If this is you, I beg you to consider what I'm saying. If the God of the Bible does exist, then you've got a person you can talk your suffering over with. With him, it's okay to question him, just as you would question your earthly father about his actions. If he really is our creator and heavenly father, then he's your dad. And surely, being all-knowing, being able to see the big picture 
and being wiser than any of us could ever be, he can offer a perspective on your situation or the world's situation that will be a comfort to you and make things easier for you. Maybe his explanation won't completely be understandable or satisfying, but at least you can rest in the knowledge that he does love you and he has your best interests at heart whether you understand his reasons for allowing bad things to happen or not. So, let's just say somebody gets cancer at an early age. If they don't have faith in God or the afterlife, then they have to conclude that they only have one life. And tough luck for them because unfortunately it's filled with hardships or maybe even cut short. But if they do believe in God, then they can hold on to the promise he gives of the next life. He promises that those who accept his love and forgiveness through Jesus will have an eternal life free of all pain and suffering. This is really hopeful and comforting for me in my own situation. My health is pretty bad right now and has been for a long time. But one day I'll be eternally healed and one day my children and I will see their mother again. The same goes for the evils in greater society. The Bible promises that God will put an eternal end to it all one day. Also, if there is no afterlife or God, then there is no afterlife judgment for evildoers. A lot of them will just get away with it. But the Bible assures us that there will be a judgment day and that evildoers won't get away with it. There will be some kind of resolution to evil that brings about eternal justice, closure and restoration. This is also very hopeful. 2. The next question then is, well, if God does exist, why does he allow evil to happen? Why doesn't he just put a stop to it? This is very closely related to the first, and there are a few comforting ways to look at that. Firstly, as New York Times best-selling author Dr. Timothy Keller of Redeemer Church in New York puts it, it's helpful to realize that just because we can't think of a good reason why God allows these things to happen doesn't mean that there isn't a good reason. I agree with him. It makes sense that he, being an all-powerful and all-knowing God, that he might know some good reasons why he allows such things to happen that we can't think of. In my own experiences, I did come to see some good reasons for my suffering, such as making me more compassionate and understanding of others, wiser concerning life and what my priorities should be, making me more grateful for the blessings I do have, and many more reasons. Another thing to bear in mind is that the book of Genesis tells us that when God created the world, there was no evil, that his original design and hope for humankind was a world without evil. But unfortunately, according to the biblical account, evil forces entered into the world because of Adam and Eve's choices, and they remain because of ours. But God didn't just give up on us because of that. Seeing the awful state that humankind had gotten into, he even came down himself in the human form of Jesus Christ in order to do something about it. He came personally to deliver a message that gives the cure to evil, that is, love for God and each other. 
also by leaving the perfection of heaven and living as a human being he experienced life as we live it he put himself in our shoes and suffered along with us even to the point of suffering an excruciating execution by crucifixion so again as dr keller explains it whatever the reasons god allows suffering and evil we know that one reason he cannot have is that he doesn't care he's proved that he's proved he cares by coming down to earth to get involved and put himself in our shoes the bible referring to jesus in hebrews 4:15 says we do not have a high priest that is incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses but rather one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin he understands when life deals us a cruel blow when we're sick when we feel rejected by loved ones when we suffer loneliness and a broken heart because he himself experienced these things 3 religious wars and negative experiences with religious people it seems that just as one of the main avenues for people to come to belief is meeting a person of faith who is the real deal and offers a real convincing living example of god's existence and love the reverse is also true that one of the main avenues for people rejecting or forsaking belief is bad example religious people who drive people away from faith by their bad behavior or attitudes this is really sad so how should we deal with it well again it doesn't help to cut god out of the picture because of negative religious experiences it just makes things worse because we've turned away from the one who can best help us navigate safely through those experiences besides every group of people has bad apples in them and Christians and other religious communities are no different. In fact, the Bible is very honest about that. It contains a really clear disclaimer that all of God's people are sinners and that just because they are trying to follow God doesn't at all mean that they are some kind of holy sinless saints. They're still weak and fallible people who fail sometimes just like everyone else. I think we need to be realistic in our expectations here. and expect that we're going to run into these kinds of religious people but we can be comforted in the fact that christianity has inbuilt resources that can help us overcome these negative experiences such as the principles of forgiveness trusting god etc besides the bible's clearly stated highest two commandments to love god and love others as ourselves make it abundantly clear that any behavior to the contrary is not condoned by god and actually saddens him and that he would want to comfort and deliver you from such unloving behavior 4 poor presentation of biblical teaching well unfortunately there are a lot of bible teachers preachers and priests out there who come across as self-righteous and legalistic and teach things in a way that doesn't reflect the love and mercy of God. This is a real turn-off for a lot of people. I've seen and heard plenty of these myself. But it helps me to remember that that kind of teaching is a poor reflection on them rather than God. Because in 1 John 4:8, the Bible says that 
God is love, and so he would definitely not show himself to us in those ways. Well, that's all for today. I hope this episode has cleared the way to belief for some of you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in part two. Bye.